oh, she has daddy issues. Okay, why does she have them? And on the daddy that created yeah, the issues. Yeah, hello, let's talk about the daddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. It's been a minute. We're back. I know. I haven't actually talked to you in quite some time. I, I know. Like. Today, when we finally checked in, I was like, so what's what's going on in your life? What's up? We've just been so busy. I know a lot of you have been asking if we're okay. We're okay. Yeah, we're super okay. I'm okay. You're okay. For the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Everything's fine. Haley was in Disney World with her family. Yeah, my mom ran a half marathon in Disney World. Yeah, which is exciting. Yeah, she ran, she did the like, where you run a 5k one day, a 10k the next day, and a half marathon the next day. Ugh, a better woman than I. I hate running. I know. There was one day where we did um sunrise yoga in front of the castle, which was fun. I saw that on your Instagram. You and your books, Rory Gilmore. <laughs> it was fun, but like we had to wake up at 3.30 to go do yoga in front of the castle what because you have to get there before the park opens and you have to be done before the park opens and so they call it sunrise yoga but the sun did not rise until well after we had left the park so it was middle of the night yoga and everyone all the people that like that worked at disney were like good morning everyone i was like stop lying it's the middle of the night <laughs> so you and whoever you went with yeah it was my mom and my sister and my brother's fiance but you guys were just reinventing the dance marathon episode yeah truly early <laughs> no son well he's not up yet that literally was exactly what happened wow and it was fun but then they all continued to run for three days while i sat by the pool and read my book it was great i'm glad that you're back i was in la i just got back i was looking at some sound stages for the company that i work for which was exciting another sunny place another sunny place we were both in sunny places yeah which i love I feel like i got my vitamin d for the next like three months Ooh, yes yes and now i'm back in frigid cold new york the arctic tundra that is New York City right now, but I'm happy and I'm glad that we're back and we're doing this. So all in all, the moral of the story is we're okay. Everything's fine. Yeah, we've just been busy and I think we're gonna, um, we've been doing a episode every other week for the past, I guess, month now. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll continue to do that until further notice. We will let you guys know when we're gonna go back to week to week once, once everything calms down for us. Yeah. But two weeks ago, we sort of left off on this really cool conversation about Rory Gilmore and her tendencies and relationships. And we started to have a conversation about how she's a little bit less like Lorelai than a lot of people give her credit to and more yeah. like Christopher. And mm -hmm. I think it's a really important conversation to have regarding fathers and daughters because this show is such a mother-daughter centered show as we know and love but we never really talk about the fathers and daughters on this show so I'm really excited to dive into that yeah especially because they are so prominent in just as important as the mother-daughter relationships absolutely to start with Rory and Christopher I think that's the first one that we really see it's the first one that's talked about in the series that's clearly a problem obviously we know that Lorelai and Richard have tension but like that's not really explored it's the absence of Rory's father for the first half of season one that seems to be sort of talked about but never really no one ever really dives into it it's not until episode 15 that we even meet Christopher. I know and he comes to town and they keep saying it's for the first time which is mind-blowing to me. She's yeah. 16 years old and he comes to Stars Hollow for the first, first time. time. Yeah. What? 
I think before that, leading up to that, don't they just talk about him in like a very, you know, periphery way of like, oh yeah, he, like we see him for Christmas or holidays. Yeah. I think he's in California. Yeah. That's the way they make it sound. He's, he, when he rides out on his bike um, and he's telling Dean about it, he says he rode out from Berkeley. So. Do you ride from California to Connecticut on a motorcycle? Like how long did that take? Apparently. Yeah. I don't know. We should look that up. How long does that take? It took me six and a half hours on a plane. So I'm going to say yeah. more. More than six. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so wild that that's his first time there. Yeah. And it seems like no one really knows him. Even if he came to visit them at the Independence Inn. That was still in Stars Hollow. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. That whole storyline of like, because like, of course it makes it way more dramatic and interesting for the audience to see Chris for the first time and like for the town to be experiencing him in the same way that we are where he's the yeah. same person. Yeah. But like to the story, it really doesn't make that much sense because in that episode, Christopher returns because you mentioned that we didn't really get much like in terms of like Laura and Richard because like their tension was like very much apparent but we in that episode we start to get more of their relationship as well because they have that dinner with Christopher's parents where he's strobe is uh and Francine isn't that his his mom's name strobe and Francine yeah and he's saying that like Lorelai ruined his Christopher's life is what Christopher's father is saying which doesn't make any sense because he was like supposed to go to Princeton and do this whole thing but he didn't help at all. Yeah. So what was he missing out on? Yeah. Like he was an absent father and also he didn't go to Princeton. So you can't blame him not going to Princeton and working for your company yeah. on that. Because there's like, there's kind of like a, a story, like a gap in the story there. Because I guess Lorelai had Rory when she was 16 and she didn't leave the Gilmores until Rory was at least a year old. So like 17, 18. And what is Christopher doing in this time? Is he still in school? why can't he go to Princeton did this affect like his performance in high school and he couldn't get into Mm. Princeton did he not go to any college at all it just doesn't make any sense why Lorelai having a baby at 16 affected Christopher's life as much as it did when it seemingly was not a part of his life more than like holidays and such Absolutely. I think this is why people want an anthology series on Lorelai and Christopher as kids Uh, because they want to know sort of the nitty gritty and have answers to those questions that you were just asking. Like where are the holes in the story? Like a prequel series I feel would solve some of those questions or I guess a prequel fan fiction would resolve some of those questions. But I, I find that episode to be so interesting now in hindsight. Once you watch the series and then you go back and you watch everything again, Christopher Returns is, I think, a very pivotal episode because that is also the first time that you sort of start to see the dynamic between Lorelai and Richard because for the longest time you're really only catching the dynamic between Lorelai and Emily Richard Mm -hmm. is there but he's sort of off in the you know off on the sidelines Richard in interestingly enough comes to sort of Lorelai's defense in that moment no definitely yeah And I know that we're not necessarily on the topic of Lorelai and Richard yet, but he comes to her defense in that moment. But for the rest of the series, you sort of watch him defend Christopher the entire show, right? Yeah. He's constantly talking about like Christopher was willing to follow the rules. Christopher was willing to step up. You weren't. Yeah. But in that first moment, I feel like that's really the only time that he's like a mutual mistake was made that day, which is horrible because there's Rory, you know, in the next room. Yeah. Essentially being called a mistake. Yeah. When 
obviously the people who care about her, we're going to take Strobe and Francine out of the equation, but the people who care about her don't see that, don't see her as that at all. But this is sort of the first time that we're seeing the father-daughter relationship and the dynamic between Rory and Christopher, who are essentially strangers, and Lorelai and Richard, who are also essentially strangers, and how they all link to each other. Because Lorelai and Rory are very close. Mm-hmm. Rory is starting to become close to her grandfather. Yeah. Richard tends to defend Christopher, but they're also strangers. And Richard and Lorelai are strangers. So it's like a very interesting dynamic to share between the four of them and to all sort of lump into one episode. Because Richard is defending the irresponsibility of both of them, but then tends to only defend Christopher's irresponsibility by turning it into responsibility. And it's all hearsay the entire show. Yeah. It's a very, very interesting dynamic and a very weird kickoff to watching how those dynamics evolve, grow, and change throughout the rest of the series. Yeah. Let's go back to what you said about Chris and Corey virtually being strangers, because this is like the first time that we get kind of like Chris's side of how he feels about Lorelai and Rory a bit. And when they're sitting in the living room kind of like mm-hmm. talking about this. I rewatched Christopher Returns before we did this and he says to Lorelai that he wants to be around for Rory because he wants her to have another pal. Is exa- He literally says she needs another pal. No, she doesn't. She No, she needs a dad. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how like Lorelai and Rory are, you know, like two peas in a pod sort of idea and they're best friends and he wouldn't want to come between them but he wants Rory to have another pal it's not like he's saying he's saying he wants to show up for her whatever whatever but like he's not taking any responsibility for the fact that he is her father he wants to be her pal yeah what well I think some of that has to do with the fact that like the dynamic between Lorelai and Rory is that they're mother-daughter who are more best friends than mother-daughter so I wonder if his comment comes more from the framework and the foundation that they've already laid with each other. I, I completely agree with you because yeah. no man should try to enter his daughter's life this late in the game and say, I want to be a pal. Yeah. I guess if you already feel like a stranger, maybe that's the closest thing you can get. Yeah. But why now? What, why? What inspired you to do this? Is it because like he says later in the episode, well, he says it actually as they're sitting there in the living room. He says something to the effect of, you know, I'm not just here, you know, to visit. I'm here because I want to play a role in her life because, you know, I've had some success with my business or like preemptive success with his business. I've got a lot of things going on. I feel like I'm ready now. So what have you been doing for the last 16 years that made you feel like you weren't ready? Obviously, when you were 16, you weren't ready, but neither was Lorelai. So what have you been doing and why now? Why now? Because I, I do understand that it is hard at 16 to like suddenly become a mother and know how to be a father. Mm. But he kind of lived with that excuse for another 16 years. I understand that he wanted to like show up for them in a way that he felt proud of and he probably wanted to come to them in a way that he felt like he could be supportive of them fully and probably meant financially as well because he Mm. had like run into some quote unquote success as he said. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be that much success because his card got declined on the dictionary. Um, yeah. Poor Andrew. Poor Andrew. <laughs> Having to be the bearer of that news. Where has he been? That's that's kind of like the crux of all of that for me is Rory, um, when she invites him to the softball game and she's super excited and she's like, oh, it's a date. Like, yay. She's so excited to like show him around town and do all these things with him because he's such a novelty. Yeah. Him being there is 
kind of that and I think it's at the end of that episode when he's leaving that it kind of seems like in some way setting it up a little bit that if it doesn't work out Maury's gonna blame Lorelai for it yeah of course because she looks at her and says he wanted you to marry him didn't he yeah you know she just kind of is like why would that be the worst thing if you guys got married it boils down to the fact that she's still a kid even though she's wise beyond her years and even though yeah i think deep down she understands there's still this little piece of her and we see it in love and war and snow when she's staying at emily and richards and she comes across all of those pictures and one of them is the uh photo booth picture of her oh, yeah of lorelei and definitely not david what's Sutcliffe? his last name Sutcliffe, who plays Christopher, that is that is a completely different man. But we get the gist of it that it's them. We get the gist of it that it's them. And you can tell that it's something she's sort of pining for because at the end of that episode, she sees Lorelai with Max and she's a little disappointed because she's still holding, like carrying this torch for her parents to be together. Even though at that point we know nothing about Christopher or, or why he's not in the picture. And yeah. I guess even in Christopher Returns, we still don't really get many answers from that. But she's clearly holding this like little mini torch in the back of her heart that her parents are going to be together when in actuality she's still a kid and she doesn't really understand and as we learn she'll come to understand why that's not yeah. always the right yeah so i do i do completely understand where you're coming from because i do think that she looks to lorelei as like you're the one who has sort of kept him at an arm's length even though that's not really made completely clear in this episode lorelei looks at him and is like why are you here the door has always been open to you when they have this conversation and she's saying the door has always been open and he says he knows and a lot of people wonder if like there's truth to that of mm -hmm. when she says the door has always been open if that's actually the case or mm. if he has if she's made him feel some other way i don't see how he could like make an effort and her actually i don't know turn him down or reject him from being around rory it all seems like a him thing because once she confirms that he says thanks for the door thing yeah as if like thanking her for reminding him that he can see his daughter when like he could make that effort himself and always had the opportunity to. Yeah, and it very clearly affects her because there's this moment in season five to jump really far ahead mm. that at that point, their relationship, like I guess in season one, two, three, not four, because Christopher is not in season four for a single moment. Yeah, where is Christopher? Where is Christopher? And then in season five, when she's actually laying in Marty's bed when they're having a conversation and she's saying, my dad is suddenly trying to be in my life again and mm. she's like i wanted him to for the longest time and at this point we're five seasons in and this is really the first time that we're like truly hearing rory admit that she wanted her dad in her life and of course mm. she she did like who wouldn't want their dad to be in their life if you know if he course, could be if he could make course. the choice to be and especially if like christopher despite the fact that he's been absent he doesn't he's not like a deadbeat dad he's not someone yeah. who's like that we know of you know suffering from like alcoholism or like drug use or has been in jail like we're talking yeah. about a guy who just like clearly never really grew up or never yeah. wanted to he's a little bit of a peter pan yeah he just kind of seemingly lacks motivation and follow through he's filled to the brim with a lot of 
potential potential yeah and when she's laying there in marty's bed she's like i don't know if i like i don't know how i feel about any of this and it's funny because i don't think that for seasons one through three we're really hyper focused on the relationship between rory and christopher i think we're more focused on christopher's relationship with lorelei and whether or not they can make that work it's not until season five that it really takes a turn into almost only being about rory and christopher that is until wedding bell blues of course but even then it's still about Rory and Christopher like the way that Christopher approaches why he should be with Lorelai it's kind of through Rory of course because in the past it's been about the chemistry between Chris and Lorelai Mm -hmm. which I I will say I'm not team Chris in the slightest and I'm not team Chris because the only reason that team Chris is not working is because of Christopher yeah which we can like we have so much more to say on that and we can get into Lorelai's relationship (laughs) with him in another episode definitely but he's the problem in that relationship Mm -hmm. hands down of course Lorelai like is at fault in a lot of ways that they're not working but for the most part it's him Mm -hmm. and the underlying thing is like he keeps wanting to come back for Lorelai but it's not very often that he's coming back for Rory and like you said it's not until season five that that really is made apparent because he is becoming a parent a single parent to Gigi which is another father-daughter dynamic that we don't ever really get to touch on as much because we're so hyper focused on his relationship with Rory and we only get glimpses of Gigi we get more of the dynamic between the two of them in season seven but that's only because Chris and Lorelai have decided to enter into this relationship it's not anything of substance that like gives any like lends anything to Chris being a father no I guess the only episode would be that one where he calls Lorelai because he has no idea how to get her to stop crying because Sherry has left I would even come back and back into season three when Gigi's born and Mm. for some reason the only person that can help out with the birth of Sherry is Rory and Lorelai of course (laughs) of course who else it's in the episode Dear Emily and Richard when we're learning Mm. about the past of Lorelai but also a little bit of Christopher and Lorelai and we get that parallel of Lorelai and Chris looking at Rory and then Lorelai and Chris looking at Gigi Mm -hmm. and them saying basically the exact same line which is that she's perfect and but Lorelai says that about Rory and then Mm. Christopher says it about Gigi and it's it's so weird that suddenly he's stepping up and being a father Mm -hmm. because I mean he's much older so it makes sense that he feels the responsibility like the burden of the responsibility heavier now that he's older and having a baby Mm -hmm. the thing that like doesn't really get I guess brought up in this conversation and in the storyline is how this is really affecting Rory Mm. to be there as her I guess half-sister is born Mm-hmm. And see her dad show up for this new baby. Yeah. And I think that that's the one thing that I, that I struggle with with Gilmore Girls. It was we never really get what's going on with Rory. We never get Rory's, what her thought process is. Because Lorelai is so willing to explain every detail of every thought she's having. Mm-hmm. But Rory, Rory doesn't really do that as much. Yeah, that's so true. As we get through... Like, even at the end of season two, when he leaves to be with Sherry, the most reaction that we get from Rory is when Emily is, like, demands Chris leave because he shows up in the middle of dinner. Yeah, during Haunted Leg. Oof. That that entire fight, like, when Lorelai is is yelling at Christopher and then Rory comes in and then What does she she say? Go be someone else's dad? Go be someone else's dad. And then she runs up the stairs. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, because obviously the reason that he leaves is because Sherry's pregnant. 
Yeah. I don't think he would have done that otherwise. And he he makes it very clear to Lorelai. And we don't know what kind of conversation he had with Rory. We only see the fallout of how he breaks it to Lorelai. Like, I have to go. So it's less about... I'm going to go be somebody else's dad and more about like, I'm going to go be somebody else's partner Yeah, because I wasn't somebody else's partner before. So you're right. It's never really touched upon that he's going to be somebody else's dad until Rory says that. And it's like, oof. And it is interesting that that is what changes things is like the presence of another daughter in his life is what makes him want to be with this other woman. Because if if he does love Lorelai and he wants to be with Lorelai and this relationship is seemingly over but not over now that she's having a baby, like is the right thing to do to go be with a woman that you don't want to be with so you can show up for your other daughter because now you have a chance to get it right from the get-go? Or would the thing be to take responsibility for the child and not string two women along yeah there's no right answer there if we take it back to star-crossed lovers and other strangers when dean tells rory i love you and she says look at my mom you know what's really interesting about this that i think that chris has in a way that chris affects rory in her relationships is that rory says i love you to all of her partners throughout the series she says it to dean i love you you idiot Mm -hmm. she says it to jess where it's not as direct. She thinks he's on the other end of the phone call. And she says, I think that I loved you. But she does say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says it to Logan in season six. When he gives her the Birkin bag. The lady at the store said this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But And I will say she has like a pretty like, I don't want to say traumatized, but she's like very informed by her previous uh, experiences with saying I love you when she says it to him. But what's interesting is that if you take it back to when she says it to Dean, she says, look at my mom the first time that we hear Lorelai say I love you is not until season six episode 22 when she says but I love you Luke that's the first time we hear her say I love you in a romantic way to a man it's interesting that Rory would say I love you and we would hear her say I love you to all of her partners but Amy Sherman Palladino did not write Lorelai saying I love you until the end of season six until there was this huge moment of conflict until I Love You came up as a source of almost pain. Whereas for Rory, it feels like she was giving it out to all of the boys that she was with. And that kind of ties back to like what we were talking about of like, when it comes to daddy issues, you have to look at what the daddy has done rather than put that issue on the girl having that problem. Mm. And I'm not saying that she's saying I love you because she, like, I don't want to say she's saying I love you to every boy she's with out of daddy issues. But there is this, like, effect of, like, she is needing, like, this affection from men she's a girlfriend girl she doesn't have escorts like she Mm -hmm. wants someone who gives her their full attention yeah and wants someone who thinks well of her and wants someone who dotes on her she Mm. wants to be someone's girlfriend she wants to be taken care of and I really think that comes back down to the fact that this is like a really well-written character who had a father who was in and out of her life because she's really seeking male attention and she gets it so easily question for you do you remember in christopher returns if christopher says i love you to lorelei yes he says like i want to marry you but does he say i love you because you know that rory was on the other side of that door in the kitchen i don't think he does I don't think he says I love you, but I'm wondering if that would be really interesting if he did or if he didn't with star-crossed lovers and other strangers being the next episode. I feel like we have to pause. I feel like we have to do like for the first time ever, do a pause and roll the tape 
because I need to know because that'd be so interesting if she heard Christopher say I love you and then she gets told that in the next episode. I'm gonna call a pause. I'm gonna call a pause to roll the tape. She's gonna call a timeout. Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, including beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, and more. And as you all know, I love shopping through the Rakuten app. Every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropology's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Okay, so rolled the tapes. Christopher does not say I love you to Lorelai in that conversation at the end of Christopher Returns. But I will say the way that Christopher leaves and asks Lorelai to reconsider is just furthering the idea that Christopher as a father figure really doesn't exist that much in the early seasons. He exists more as a love interest to Lorelai and his being a father to Rory is kind of secondary because 
he whispers into Rory's ear to ask Lorelai to reconsider. And Rory is sort of this like messenger between the two Mm. of them whispering to both of them. Yeah. And then Rory says he loves you. Would it be like the worst thing to consider marrying him Mm. and then in the next episode a boy says i love you Mm -hmm. after her and lorelei have had this conversation of like he's not ready for this responsibility when rory's argument is he loves you yeah so it makes a lot of sense that she'd say look at my mom of like this man loves her but he can't he can't take care of her very very different when you're 16 but like feel like love feels that intense when you're younger that like it's the same as like being an adult so he doesn't say it to her very interesting but rory is the one that says to lorelei that chris loves her Mm, very very interesting interesting. now riddle me this sort of shifting gears for a second Mm -hmm. the last time that we see him is in dear emily and richard and that's when Mm -hmm. sherry has a baby now we don't see him again until season five yeah he's m.i.a That's why season four is so good. (laughs) Exactly. That is the exact reason. What I find interesting is her demeanor towards her dad shifts in such a drastic way between those two episodes. Yeah. She comes in hot with him when she knocks on his door and she says, I don't want you seeing mom anymore. I don't want you reaching out to her anymore. That is a bold move. Yeah. Now, is that before or after that episode with Marty where she says, my dad is trying to reconnect? No. So that's that's a couple episodes after because that's what I thought. It's when the first time that we see Christopher again in season five is when he is having this like meltdown because mm-hmm. Sherry mm-hmm. has moved to Paris with her yoga instructor. Yes, exactly. And we get that scene where Lorelai's really taking care of him and comes in and is his cheerleader, saves the day and is like there for him again. No questions asked as he is freaking out about becoming a single parent. And she's like, been there, done that. Mm-hmm. You're gonna just make it work you have to you have no choice yeah and Rory hearing this that's when she goes to him is like stay away from mom Mm. how do you feel about that because I've seen a lot of people talk about that on TikTok and elsewhere that that was really just like too much of Rory to ask like Rory had no right to go to her dad and say to stay away from my mom it's interesting I feel torn about it because they do have a relationship outside of her in fact that's pretty much all we've seen leading up to this moment, right? Yeah. They have a relationship that spans, I think she says in Christopher Returns, I've known you since you were six. So they knew each other for 10 years before Lorelai got pregnant. And then 16 years after that. That's... 26. 26. Thank you so much, Haley. You're welcome. <laughs> Math. Mathematician, Haley. <laughs> it's one of those things where kids often forget because kids arrive on the scene when their parents are their parents and most yeah. times they're grown into some semblance of adults i have a theory beyond gilmore girls that your parents stop emotionally maturing the day that their first child is born interesting i mean that would be applicable here in this situation it applies perfectly to gilmore girls that christopher and lorelei kind of emotionally stop maturing yeah Rory's being parented by two 16-year-olds. That's why it it makes a lot of sense that they sort of grow into being pals, less mother-daughter, father-daughter. I do think that we forget that they have an entire life before we exist. And so because of that, Lorelai and Christopher have every right to be in each other's lives if they so choose. However, he has been absent from not just her life, but also Lorelai's for 16 years. Obviously, now we're in the midst of season five. So we've had five years of him sort of being back and forth, but also 
sort of dodging in and out of their lives. But if we do, I guess, seasons in terms of like a year, he's been gone for a full year. Very true. Because he wasn't in season four. Right. In season three, he asked a lot of her to be there and show up for his future wife. I guess his fiance, Sherry was his fiance at the time. I don't think they ever actually got married. And his new daughter. And we don't really see him quite a bit. We see him in Haunted Leg when Mm -hmm. they have the fight. Mm -hmm. And then we see him at the hospital. Yeah. We don't see him outside of that, right? Yeah. No, not really. He keeps showing up and needing Lorelai mm-hmm. is the like the crux of that. Chris being there is less about being there as Rory's father. And again, like we said, is Lorelai's love interest. Yeah. But it's never at a time when Lorelai needs him. Yeah. He, it's always when he's coming to show up and take and take and take. And does Rory need to be cognizant of that, of the nature of like they've known each other for a long time and like he has every right to be in her life because of how long they've been there. Mm. But again, Lorelai and Rory don't have like a normal mother-daughter relationship. That of course, of course. Now that Lorelai's finally seemingly happy with Luke, she sees that and Rory recognizes that pattern of her father that he only shows up to take from Lorelai. And the next time Rory hears of him showing up in her life is once again to take from her and need her and need saving. Mm. And so it makes sense to me that she would show up at his door and be like, fuck off. Like, stop doing this to her. Like, stop needing her. She's happy and wanting him to follow through on that. Wanting him to like, like she's never asked like when they're at the dragonfly and Lorelai's invited him to lunch and she said I've never asked anything of you before except for this one thing yeah that is deep that is heavy when she says that to him because she's she's right she's never asked anything else of him and since that one moment of go be someone else's dad in season three this is the first time that really getting her thought process about what she feels about her dad yeah you're totally right at least in like a in in a negative capacity yes And like those negative thoughts that we never really see come out. A more of like how her dad's action have impacted her and her life and how she feels about that. Totally. But the part that you were about to say that I literally on Marco Polo was screaming about. (laughs) Screaming about in a towel turban and her robe. (laughs) Of course, I was wearing my robe. Oh my God. I like literally, I can't even get it out. Is that, so they're having this conversation. Lorelai has gotten it from the table. It's in, um, Emily says hello. And Chris is there having lunch at the dragonfly because Lorelai has invited him even after Rory said, stay away from mom. Mm -hmm. And Rory shows up and she doesn't know that Chris is going to be there. And she's furious. She's so upset that he has found his way back into her life again after asking of him to not and he says i knew her before you existed we grew up together we had a kid together he says that to he says we had a child together he says we had a child together to the child (laughs) to the child christopher said we grew up together we had a child together we had a child together he said it to the he said it to the child he said we had a child together to the child I'm going to make a video of him <laughs> doing that to Rory and then cut in with Phoebe Buffay from Friends going, that is brand new information. <laughs> because like, that's kind of what yeah. you want to say. You want to be like, what? You had a what together? Yeah, hello. Yeah. I am the product of the two of you. I was there. And a, a lot of people say this is Rory crossing a line of like, she needs to respect her parents' relationship, whatever. And Chris says, I'm your father. I think that deserves a little bit of respect. Why? How? How has she earned that she needs to respect you in any way when you keep fucking leaving her? Not to mention the fact that she's the child. She yeah. knows that you guys had a relationship. She knows you guys had a child because she's the child. She's the child. Totally. Can you say that? Can Can you say that to the child? 
Yeah. I also get really bristly when parents demand respect from their children without having earned it. I think that we were always, you know, conditioned to believe growing up that you respect your parents because they're your parents. You respect your elders. You respect your teachers. And and I think there's a lot of truth in that about just respecting human beings in general. But I had a lot of trouble with that growing up with my dad because he constantly demanded respect from us. And I was like, but what have you done to earn my respect? And I think that that's a really hard thing to say to your parent. And now Rory is a grown adult. She can make informed decisions. And we are talking about a very absent father who has barely been in the picture. Rory, she is pretty respectful of authority. Mm -hmm. People who have shown her they are deserving of her respect, Mm -hmm. she is respectful of them. When she gets into the fight with Richard, like they have their like first fight with Dean, Mm -hmm. they have a moment and he apologizes and she apologizes. Mm -hmm. And she knows that he deserves her respect. And she doesn't have a problem giving respect to people who earn it. Right. But then when it comes to Christopher demanding it from her, why does she have to give it? She's the child. This sort of takes us back to the relationship she also has Lorelai and to you speaking to that, like, do you want to be a dad or do you want to be a pal? Because we see in the pilot episode that there's this, like, total power struggle within the relationship between Lorelai and Rory of when am I a mom and when am I your friend? Mm -hmm. Plays the mom card, as she calls it. Yes. And I think that Christopher struggles with that as well in, in a much deeper way than Lorelai because he doesn't necessarily have you know 16 years of framework that he built with her and a foundation that he built with her to kind of have those moments of knowing when to pivot out of parent mode and into friend mode and vice versa and that's the beautiful thing about this show is that we're meeting Rory and Lorelai and Christopher all at a time where Rory is coming into herself and becoming her own person and starting to challenge those you know little nuances about her parents and about the decisions that they made that shaped her into the person that she is yeah which is i think that kind of the division of like i guess his absences in season four really shows us is like she was really kind of excited by him and Mm -hmm. she let him back into her life really easily when she was let down by him and seemingly she's not ready to do that in season five when they have this struggle of he shows up at her dorm a couple episodes later and women of questionable morals just like wanting to see her and not liking that there's a wall between them is what he says because there was a wall between him and his father and he doesn't want that for them Hmm. with christopher it always feels like too little too late oh of course Rory doesn't realize at the time that his dad is dying and then his dad does die and Rory shows up and they have this moment where they have milk and cookies and then Lorelai shows mm-hmm. up and they have tequila. But... And that's adult milk and cookies. So then at the beginning of the next episode, Rory says that it was good for her to go over there and talk to Christopher and that they had a lot they needed to work through, but she thinks that they worked through all of it. Mm. And it makes me laugh so much because one conversation, like one night where he brought over, she brought over milk and cookies, it just seems like... Like she's ready to like let bygones be bygones because his dad died and that they worked out a lifetime of problems with her dad. They figured it all out that night. It's very naive. I mean, it it gives you hope and optimism when you walk away from conversations like that. So I think she was probably riding on that hope and optimism that he would yeah. finally get it together. I mean, at the end of season two, she had so much hope and then he lets her down. It feels like he's constantly having to come back, like you said, a little like too little too late to have to like make amends and make up for the mistakes he's made only to then almost immediately after this happens after come home is wedding bell blues and then he fucks up even harder <laughs> yeah way fucks up so where do you think they land by the end of the series because i do think that season six is 
a lot of him sort of honing in on that relationship between the two of them once he is in her life again and he's paying for Yale. It makes a lot of sense that that's how he got back into their life because that's kind of how Gilmore Girls works. Like if you have any sort of strife with someone, it's healed by someone giving you a ton of money like that's Mm -hmm. how the show started she Mm -hmm. was re-entered her parents life because of a financial relationship that was beginning chris re-entered lorelei and rory's relationship because he suddenly came into a bunch of money Mm -hmm. and he's paying for yale again and it kind of like feels like in my opinion one of like the most like natural natural ways that he would come back into their life of Mm -hmm. like we're not really going to talk about anything that happened we're just going to kind of like let it all go yeah and you're here and things are fine now. Mm-hmm. I'm with Lou. Rory's at Yale again. Like we just went through a ton of drama. So like Which is so ironic that Chris was never a part of that. He was never a oh, part yeah. of mending that. He was never involved whatsoever. All three of them were completely detached from each other. Yeah. Very interestingly. The last time we saw him, he was yelling drunk at a wedding vow renewal. Yeah. It makes sense. But what I think is interesting is that again, bygones be bygones. Now, all of a sudden, Lorelai has made the brilliant choice to sleep with Christopher after being very upset yep. at, at the end of season six in the episode Partings. She makes the fantastic, brilliant choice to sleep with Christopher. And I think that that is why Rory gets so upset in season seven. I do think that it has to do with the fact that, you know, Lorelai and Luke were in love. Rory was really rooting for that relationship. And we're about to get into the crux of Rory's relationship with Luke. But I think Rory is like, mom, everything was finally okay. Why did you do that? Like, I finally had a good relationship with him. You finally had a good relationship with him. The writers really framed him as simply a, yes, he was her father, but a love interest for Lorelai for those first few seasons. And then it really pivots into him being her father and how that's going to work in her life now that she is a more of a grown adult. Yeah. And then in season seven, it just all falls apart and it fell apart in a lot of ways, but namely because Lorelai makes this decision. It's not Christopher this time who messed it up. It's Lorelai. Yeah. And then they make this decision to get married then it doesn't work out. I will entertain this conversation and acknowledge season seven, which is that <laughs> hello. I don't think that the way that season seven planned out is how a season seven for Amy Sherman Palladino would have gone. I don't think that Chris and Lorelai would have gotten married. I completely agree. That aside, they did. For the purpose of conversation, we'll acknowledge season seven. Mm-hmm. And Rory is seemingly excited by it because at the end of season seven, episode five, The Great Stink, after she's had this dinner with Logan, she shows up at Friday night dinner and Chris is there and Chris and Lorelai and Rory have a car ride back to Stars Hollow and they're like trying to figure out what music to listen to. And it's just really this moment where it's like, this is what their lives could have been if Chris would have showed up years and years ago where they're just fighting over the music and like singing in the car and having this moment together. And it seems like Rory's like, my parents are together. Mm -hmm. here's this great thing and the betrayal comes when Lorelai gets married in Paris with Chris without Rory being there without it being talked about in any way it's always been Lorelai and Rory and now here is Chris who he ultimately does exactly what he does which is he just takes and takes and takes and then when when Lorelai really needs him he doesn't show up yeah I'd rather be in Philadelphia Philadelphia. yeah which I just I love that episode I know you do it's so sad because like her dad is in the hospital and where is where's her husband where is this man who said he was going to be there for her well it's luke and he shows up it's luke and and that sort of takes us to our next point which is that luke really fills in the gaps where christopher has 
for lack of a better term, failed. And yeah. where he's been completely absent. And he's he's done that for the entire duration of the series. Even though Christopher does show up in a variety of ways, Luke has acted as a father figure to Rory for not just the entire duration of the series, but for years prior to us meeting these characters. Yeah. And it's so fascinating. I was writing down all of the ways in which I felt like Luke had been there for these moments that Chris should have been there for that we see. I know he does make that mention of the mashed potatoes and everything uh, in Wedding Bell Blues, but he's at her 16th birthday. He's at her 21st birthday. Christopher is nowhere to be found in either one of those Not to mention he like makes the birthday like the balloon at the table for her the crumb cake and i think he also mentions that in wedding bell blues when he's yelling at christopher yeah um in forgiveness and stuff when richard's in the hospital and it's after rory's dance and emily and lorelei have gone into this fight and rory goes to the christmas party without her and lorelei's sitting in luke's diner and he makes her the santa burger and then she gets the call that richard is in the hospital luke is there and that's also we'll talk about this in a moment but that's also a very pivotal episode for like father and daughters because it's Richard and Lorelai, Richard and Rory, but then Luke showing up not just as a partner for Lorelai, but in place of where, again, Christopher really should have been. He's also there for her high school graduation day. They make mention of Chris. Where is Chris? They say something like he couldn't come, he had to work something. No. But they they talk about it, but I was like, it's her high school graduation. He showed up for her freaking coming out party and he's not at her high school graduation. Where is he she's the valedictorian of chilton chilton like I it's know. so hard she's going to yale jackson is there jackson jackson's there this is everything she's worked for this is like the moment to show up for her and celebrate her and be there for her and you couldn't make it no no yeah. And you know, it's the big moments, but it's also for me, you know, I'm all about the small moments. And I think that like, well, I guess college move in day would be a big moment. Well, Luke brings it up, Wedding Bell Blues. He okay. says, who was there to move her mattress into her dorm and then out of her dorm and then back into but, like, her dorm. I'm thinking more like when she gets her PSAT scores, when she finds out what colleges she got the into. The awkward hug. The awkward hug when he wraps his entire arm around her head and I'll yeah. never forget it. Where was Christopher's awkward hug for the like the college exactly. acceptance? Exactly. Like, like Thanksgiving dinners, the fact that they spend Thanksgiving together every year and they have the argument yeah. about the flowers. And you know, one of the one of the biggest moments for me, which Christopher was there for, but Luke was there for her in a very different way. This is more circumstantial, but it's sort of it sort of speaks to the ways in which Luke understands her a little bit better than her father does. Mm-hmm. When at the end of season two, when Jess and Rory get into the car accident and, right. and Chris shows up. I did love that moment that Chris just like he's like, I broke a ton of different laws to get here the same way that he did uh when he went to the hospital for gd's birth yeah that fatherly instinct that kicks in that's like my child is in trouble and i need to be there i did love that chris was there for that moment yeah where was that for her graduation of why course. didn't he break the laws to get there where yes but for me it was more that like rory is standing there in this moment being like I need somebody to hear me like this was not just his fault I was also at fault as well and no one's listening to her everybody is doting on her and being like you are a perfect angel princess and Luke comes back from fishing after getting in that huge fight with Lorelai and Rory goes into the diner and sits down with him and she says it wasn't his fault and he says mm. I know that makes me 
makes me want to cry. Oh, oh my gosh. No. But uh. like, and I understand because for him, like for Luke, Luke was also being a father figure to Jess. Yeah. At that time. So I get that circumstantially, like he has a vested interest in the person that who, who is being completely villainized by the town. Yeah. But the reality is he listens to her and he's like, I know. I understand. Yeah. What I hated about that situation so much is that Lorelai and Luke, when they get into that fight, Lorelai is screaming at Luke being like, my kid got hurt. And he's like, I care about her more than I do my own self. He's yelling at her being like, do you not understand that I love her so much? Why are you, as a parent, how are you looking at me and, and telling me this, knowing the ways in which I've been there for her? For you, but also for her growing up. Because he was not just there as a father figure for Rory. He was there as like sort of like filling in the gaps of like the quote unquote like patriarchal things that happen around the house by like fixing things for them and, you know, making sure that they had everything they needed, shoveling their walkway. Luke does fill in in the ways that Chris would have as like annoying as it is in the very like traditional male sense of having like a father figure or a husband Mm. to both Rory and Lorelai and I think it's a thing of like being like a very like independent woman like you don't want to like need a man of course but I think that there's a lot of like vulnerability in recognizing that like I don't need that but my life is better because you're there and helping to take care of me and I think that there's a lot to that's said for like just like single mothers in general whether it's in storytelling or in real life that there's someone in your life who is willing to go out of their way to take care of your daughter Mm -hmm. or take care of like your children and I think that really is one of the things that endeared her so much to Luke as a friend but ultimately as a partner Mm -hmm. she didn't need help like I mean she was kind of she isn't very good at cooking and he he supplied the coffee as she says so many times and the food and And fixes things around the house yeah Yeah. and she ultimately could have figured that out herself like you know she's a strong person but the fact that there was someone there to take Take care of her and like a lot of people feel like she's like uses him but I think there's a lot of vulnerability in being an independent woman who recognizes that my life is better not that I need you to be there but I want to accept the help that you're giving me yeah which I think is kind of where her and Luke's relationship falls especially when it comes to Rory she doesn't really need help raising Rory Rory is as she said, like been easy to take care of and easy to raise and has been a good kid. But having someone there and having that presence and having extra people to love her, I think just only endeared her more to Luke, which is why it's so heartbreaking in that scene with where they're talking about Jess is like, Luke has proved so much that he has been there and shown up and cared about her. And if anyone else had gotten to a car accident with Rory, Lorelai probably would have gone to Luke and been like, Rory, Rory's hurt. Help. Yeah, because that's course. who he was in the past but because it was Jess mm-hmm. she couldn't get past that because she hated Jess more than it seemed like he, she trusted Luke's past with her in that moment To that point, Luke really acts as a father figure to both Jess and Rory. And I think some of that is fueled by the fact that he is so angry at the people who did not show up for them. With Jess, it's different yeah. because he's family and because the guy that walked out on his sister, like there's there's something about that that would like 
totally fuel my fire to like want to show up as a father figure. But you can clearly see, especially as the series progresses and as Luke and Lorelai enter into this romantic relationship, that there is such tension between Chris and Luke. And it's not just over Lorelai, it's also over Rory. And we see that come yeah. out in Wedding Bell Blues. And what I find really fascinating is that when Luke is unexpectedly put into that position in season six, when he finds out that he right. has a daughter who is being mothered by a very independent, very headstrong woman who chose to do this on her own. The difference here is that she did not tell Luke that he was the father. Yeah. And he has a daughter who's about Rory's age when he, to our knowledge, what we've been told, that's when he met Rory. I think that that's like a huge identity crisis moment for him because he has spent most of his adult life being a father figure to people who had absent fathers and all the while he didn't even know he was an absent father. Yeah. It's so interesting. And I think that's what prompts him to really dive into this relationship with April. That's why he is so passionate about it because he easily could have been like, okay, you don't want me around fine but he saw the fallout of what single parents had yeah. to deal with because he was a father figure to as far as we know two different teenagers kids who who had that lack of presence in their life yes I completely agree with that I had never thought of the fact that he goes into this recognizing that like can you be an absent father if you didn't know you had a child like you're just default are like yeah. there's no you don't really have a choice in the matter in the yeah. same way that Jimmy Mariano and Christopher Hayden did mm -hmm. But I, I'm really conflicted about the April Luke storyline because I feel like, on the one hand, did we need it? Like, is that really the direction that season six should have gone? Is that Luke has a surprised child? Well, I think that that's why they juxtapose these two, actually these four characters, because it's April and Rory and it's Anna and Lorelai. Because like I said, you're talking about two independent single moms who are very, very headstrong. And to be totally fair, from a writing perspective, we all know that the reason that Anna Nardini's character was built is because Amy Sherman Palladino wanted the actress who played Anna Nardini to originally play Lorelai Gilmore and she couldn't yeah. she contractually couldn't do it in the same way that Alex Borstein contractually could not play Suki and yeah. from where I'm standing both of those things worked out very well because I cannot picture anybody else playing Lorelai and Suki but I digress she shows up again in California as Jimmy's she yeah she first shows up as as Sasha and then when that series didn't get picked up she shows up as Anna Nardini I do think that that juxtaposes these two characters because both women are incredibly headstrong they are single moms and I don't want to say necessarily by choice for Lorelai because I like we've talked about earlier in this episode and in episodes past I don't know that she necessarily pushed Chris away so much as he ran away mm -hmm. with Anna she absolutely left Luke completely in the dark and then they absolutely. both have have these these daughters who didn't necessarily need a father figure these women were just fine to raise them on their own because they're bright and they're wise beyond their years interestingly i wonder how we would have felt about rory gilmore had we met her at the age of april nardini are we watching who rory used to be in yeah. this in this character you know one of the reasons i really struggle with whether or not i like this storyline and i think i like what it reveals about luke as a character mm -hmm. about who he sort of is as at the core of like when it comes to when like you tear everything else away like who he is as a communicator and who he is like at the heart as a partner yeah but I just think that the way that they went about writing April and Anna who I refer to as Kirkland signature Lorelai and Rory yep it's just like there were so many cooler more interesting ways to give Luke a daughter because April is just science Rory 
Mm. And it's kind of boring to see Luke have to be a father, like a true, like truly be the father of this girl. But it was so easy for him because Jess, like, I mean, yeah, Jess was like trouble, like a little, like hood them in the back. Like he was a troublemaker, but he was smart, you know, he was witty and funny and he liked to read and he wasn't really into anything bad other than just like causing a ruckus. And Rory, (laughs) incredibly smart, so intellectual. Like he's been handed these like kids who like he doesn't really have to like interact with he they like are seemingly very adult children like they're very mature i mean jess is in some ways very immature but like for the most part it's these two pretty mature intellectual kids and then with april we once again get a very intellectual academically smart kid and i think that that's just so boring because we didn't get to see luke have to really flex anything new other than the fact that he was like looking up like math for dummies and trying to help her with her homework but I just think it would have been so much more interesting for Amy Sherman Palladino to like turn to her other wheelhouse of like creating like a character who was like a theater kid who was really into like TV and that Luke had to like keep up with her like teen TV shows to talk to her and that Mm -hmm. he was like really invested in like the gossip at school and he had to like suddenly be like a father figure to like a really girly girl who was like always making like musical theater references and was Mm -hmm. just kind of like not anything like he had had previously yeah because I think it was just kind of boring to have to watch him like fall in love with science Rory I kind of wish we would have had it like almost like a struggle with him trying to connect to her right because he he immediately there was no problem connecting to April and I think a lot of that like you said like the foundation for that was set with him knowing how to parent in some ways because he had Rory and Jess but I think that like for me when it comes down to like the actual like selection process from the writers of Mm. how they were going to have this daughter come about is we got knockoff Lorelai as the mom who was just annoying (laughs) like Anna Nardini is one of the worst characters on Gilmore Girls hands down like yeah in terms of like content and in terms of like the writing of the character but like April just is like it's like she's like feels like nothing to write home about other than the fact that like she's the villain of season six (laughs) yeah I completely agree I mean it's tough because I I totally hear what you're saying and I would have loved to see something like that as well. But I do think that he had to flex different muscles in the sense that he never really had an obstacle in a parent not wanting him to be a father figure to their child. Yeah. He was sort of, he was really asked to be for Jess and he was sort of welcomed in with open arms when it came to Lorelai and Rory. With Anna, he had to be like, sort of stand within his rights of saying like, no, I have a right to this person, to access to this person. And that I think was a different muscle that he had to flex in in that capacity but I agree with you from a character perspective he didn't really have to like learn anything yeah (laughs) I will say with though in season six Anna is kind of like okay with him being there but only on her terms which I understand from a from a parent perspective it's like yeah get to just waltz in here and do whatever you want but again that was her choice yeah and that makes me so mad yeah I will say I feel like we have to discuss like the implications of like what this means for Lorelai and Luke and like how Anna ended up dictating how Luke was going to introduce him to Lorelai like I feel like we have to talk about that like in the Luke and Lorelai episode because it's less about him being a father figure uh 
in that situation and totally. more about Anna Nardini being the fucking worst. The absolute worst. The yeah. Absolute worst. I totally agree. Again, like if we come back to season seven, like whether or not we want to like acknowledge it, but I guess we like for all intents and purposes, like we can here, is that in season seven, there's this custody battle and Lorelai knows that Luke has shown up as a father figure. Mm-hmm. Like she's very aware of that. And she writes that letter so that Luke can have custody of April. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, I think that storyline is so boring. I don't care about it for one second. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. I, I'm with you. And, like, regardless of the fact that, like, April is knockoff Rory, I think that for the most part, he is, like, a really sweet father. Like, he is, like, really. Like the way that he steps up and he goes on that field trip with April is really sweet and she meets Jess. Yeah. And I wonder if otherwise he would have been that person had he not been a father figure to Rory. Like, I don't know that he would have known how to do all of those things or yeah. would have stepped up because Anna even says it. And we we watch him sort of the entire series, despite being a father figure to both Rory and Jess, when Jess comes to town and he's like, I don't even like kids. They've always got jam <laughs> on their hands. And Anna says, like, you hate kids. She says something about Macaulay Culkin. Like, you wouldn't watch this one commercial because it had Macaulay Culkin in it. Like, he is not a kid's person. And he makes that very, very clear. And I think that had he not had this foundation for fatherhood from Rory and even Jess, but especially being a father to a girl is just a very different beast as a man. I don't know that he would have been the kind of person who could have, you know, been like, I'll go on the field trip and I'll do this because he wants to be there. And he has the right to be there this time. I think with Rory, it was a little bit like, I I, I can do this. Like how much is too much, especially because he had a vested interest in being a romantic partner to Lorelai but I I think that that kind of brings us back to him being such an integral part of Rory's upbringing and in being a good father figure to her the other father figure that we haven't really touched we've touched on a little bit but for Rory especially and subsequently for Lorelai is Lorelai's father he took on a seemingly fatherly role in Rory's life pretty early on in the series with Kill Me Now the third episode where they go golfing and like I said before I don't think that we really got into Lorelai's relationship with Richard until Christopher returns we get a little bit of it in forgiveness and stuff oh of course no 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 I think that's right I'm so glad that you brought that up because she is so afraid to go in and see him she's so affected by the fact that he's hurt yeah she's so she doesn't know what to do she she doesn't even know what to say to him but that shows how much underlying connection yet disconnection they have because I do think that we see these moments and you brought this up earlier in our conversation before we started recording that she calls him daddy during during times when like you can sort of see that childlike or maybe teen teenage like moments where yeah you know she's climbing out the window in star-crossed lovers and other strangers trying to escape this like date that emily set her up on and she's like hi daddy and she yeah she calls him daddy when she when he gives her the money um yeah on her 35th birthday like there are moments that they share between the two of them that i think are really really sweet they're some of my absolute favorite moments but everything else outside of that is very business 
But it's it's very interesting because this is the only like real like present whether or not he was like present in a good way or a bad way is neither here nor there. The only present father figure that we really have, other than I guess Jackson to his kids, but we never see that. But it just yeah, he he shows up and we have in forgiveness and stuff. And she's so almost like she's so afraid to lose him. She's so afraid to see him hurt. She's so afraid to see him other than this like pillar because she talks about looking down from the tree and seeing him and he looked so small and she'd never seen him like that before and I think she was afraid to see him like that again that he's always been this like huge presence in her life like literally and figuratively that that moment really broke her and then again in Christopher Returns when he's defending her to strobe of but when she comes in and thanks him for defending her, he's like, the only reason I did that is because the Gilmore name was being dragged the mud. Do you have any idea what it was like to have to tell all my friends that the smartest girl in her class was pregnant and had to leave? I watched that right before this and I was literally crying listening yeah. to him say that because that must have been so, because I was looking at it from the perspective of Lorelai. It must have been so hard to be going through this. Like, of course, she made one mistake and suddenly she was pregnant at 16 and her parents are looking at her like she's a disappointment rather than like like someone who needs people now mm -hmm. and the reason that he defended her was not because of any of that but because his name was dragged to the mud but do you feel like that's true or do you feel like he was just saying that to her because he's putting walls up between the two of them I think that he is putting walls up between the two of them but I also don't think that it matters whether or not he you're right in those moments, I don't feel like it matters what the underlying feeling was. This is what you're telling the person. That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And that's what she's going to take away from this is this feeling of like, I needed you. I needed my parents. Yeah. I needed my father. I mm -hmm. needed someone to help me. And from that, I'd be like, you've only ever seen me as this independent person. But like, you've seen me as an independent person because the moment that I needed help, you pushed me away. Like, yeah. you saw me as a burden and as someone who is like, like besmirching the family name by getting pregnant as a child myself but every moment from then I've become independent from your reaction to that yeah and now Richard is upset that Lorelai has never needed them because when she did need them they weren't there for her yeah in the way that or I guess in a way that made sense for Lorelai because they were there financially but they were not very emotionally supportive people in her life yeah. but in the next episode like after they've had this argument and it's another moment of like we're just gonna keep going through life letting bygones be bygones because I want to escape this guy that Emily has set me up with that mom has set me up with and I don't want to sit here through this dinner so could you just pretend daddy please like yeah. none of that happened and just let me go and he does he lets her I go love that he that he like plays along that's like the, that's one of the endearing moments that I love that they share between the two of them and the other is in the episode help wanted when she ends up sort of becoming his assistant and he loves it he loves yeah. it he loves like watch I think what it is is that he loves watching her do what he always thought she could do not necessarily yeah. being an assistant but watching her be as smart and driven as he believed her to be when she was you know 16 because in those other moments like when they come for the Bracebridge dinner and when they come to the inn even though uh like Emily and Richard are fighting in that he's always so proud of those like like accomplishments that she has and when he comes Richard and stars hollow 
criticizes that episode. Richard in Stars Hollow is very similar to Christopher Returns in that we see two different father-daughter relationships at a crossroads. We see Richard and Lorelai and we see Richard and Rory because in the, f- the first time that we see Richard and Rory sort of at a crossroads is in Sadie Sadie when, like you mentioned before, Dean is at dinner, they get into the fight. That's the first time she's really exposed to what we're assuming Lorelai was exposed to of this snootiness right. and this like, you know, just absolute defiance to any other opinion but his own. anything. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Rory's exposed to that for the first time. But when we get to Richard in Stars Hollow and Lorelai just absolutely cannot tolerate being around her father anymore. And Rory is finally there as the buffer, as the person who is has a very mature relationship with him, has a much deeper relationship with him than what we've seen with Lorelai and Richard. Right. And he has the audacity to sidestep everything Lorelai has said as a parent. He's like, she's not taking the car. Yeah. And Rory is like, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? That is one of the other episodes where we see the father-daughter relationships, sort of two of them at a crossroads. And um, Lorelai and Rory are both facing the same frustration this time now with a father figure in both of their lives. And it is very interesting. I have, I feel so bad. Like I, I I get so conflicted in that episode because I feel bad and I don't for Richard. Yeah. Because like he is being kind of a snob, but he's doing it because he cares. And then he goes home and it's the speech that he gives to Lorelai about feeling like a burden. Yeah. It breaks my heart. And then he goes home to Emily and he's like, it was a great time. We had Chinese food. I'm full. Uh, I'm going to go to bed. I'm like, oh my heart. You haven't had dinner. (laughs) Your heart is breaking and your stomach is empty. What's interesting is on the topic of parent relationships, when it comes to Richard, a huge pillar in his life is his mother. And that's more of like Mm -hmm. a mother-son relationship, which we can actually get into those in another episode. But when it comes to mothers and sons, like he is sort of at the center of that because he has such a tight relationship with his mother. And we don't know what it was like. Mama's boy. He was a mama's boy. Um, And so it's very fascinating to me that his relationship with Lorelai is so broken. And to that effect, so is Emily's relationship with Lorelai. But when it comes to the two of them as a couple Emily and Richard I feel like in those moments like you said with Bracebridge dinner and even at her at Lorelai's graduation don't even get me started because every time every time she crosses that stage and she looks out into the audience and sees Richard and Emily I'm gonna start crying oh it it gets me every time because she his, moves her she moves tassel. her tassel. Uh, I love Richard's face so much. Ed Herman, may you rest in peace. You were the sweetest man. And she, she gets the picture at the end. Yes. And her parents. And oh. he like gives her, and he gives her like a little envelope. He, I just feel like he always sticks around just to be like, and here's a little sum for you. Yeah. And I like, those are the moments that I really love and appreciate. Or when he says like, I'm proud of you, you know, I just, he does find those moments with her. It's hard because he, he recognizes that their relationship isn't good because when, she comes in the pilot and he says you need money he says it in such a way that it feels a little bit condescending but i feel like the more that you get to know richard that it's not as condescending as you think it is that it's like he know like the way that he's been able to show this love to this person and Mm -hmm. affection in a way that she's able to receive it is financially one of the reasons why a lot of people hate lorelei but like at the end of the day he's capable and fully financially able to 
express love in that way. Yeah. And as hard as it is, that's how he's learned to communicate with her and as like gross as that is to do that. That's that's what he's found works for her. And so in those moments when he does that without her asking, it's like that when he gives her like the little gift and you yeah. know it's money and it just feels so it feels so endearing, which is it, it's heartbreaking, but it makes it even more heartbreaking that I feel like at the end of the day, his allegiance and Emily's allegiance. I think his allegiance more lies with Rory. I think Emily's yeah. allegiance, she has such an affection to Rory, but I think she is way more fixated on her relationship with Lorelai the entire show. Fixated, but always willing to take Rory over Lorelai. I think that one of the most heartbreaking lines of the entire the entire show is season five, episode 22, A House is Not a Home, when she goes to them and asks them for help when Rory's dropping out of Yale. And she says, thank you, thank you. And she, they're like, do you want to eat anything? Do you want to stick around? And she said, no, I just got everything I need. Because in that moment, you finally are reconciling this person who has only ever accepted financial support from her parents has finally willingly come to them not as a last resort but like the first line of defense for the emotional support to help her keep Rory on the right track and stay at Yale mm -hmm. and this five season arc that we've had from the very beginning when she comes to them which is literally like a direct parallel when she goes and asks them for money and she says thank you thank you after they've said they've agreed that they would help her get to Chilton and now that she's come to ask them for emotional support to keep her at Yale she says the same thing she says thank you thank you but it's that line when she said I just got everything I need you feel like this character arc is coming to a this close this is a turning relationship point with her father and with her mother yep because there's 10 minutes left in the episode and you're like oh you know this is gonna go wrong but like <laughs> it makes me cry watching it I know. because it, I think it's when you finally see that you can admit that Lorelai really does want a good relationship with her parents yeah. and they want that in return yeah that she wants to be able to trust them and accept emotional support from them and not just be able to see the money the figures written down as like proof of support that like she's willing to be vulnerable and trust them yeah and that's all she's wanted and then like literally eight minutes later she realizes that she was totally wrong to do so they're exactly the people that she always thought they were and that once again they've chosen Rory over her yeah but I think it keeps their relationship contained enough that Lorelai grows to accept the kind of relationship she's going to have with her parents instead of fighting against it or fighting to push through it to have a deeper quote-unquote relationship right. with them. It's the standstill that she reaches where she goes, okay, this is a point of acceptance. I am never going to change how this is. We just have to work with what we have. And I think yeah. that that's sort of what happens. And of course, their relationship ebbs and flows as we see in the revival. Lorelai goes to therapy right. with Emily, but like she just grows to accept this is what it is. If we come back even further, the first, like, of course, they've, like, betrayed her in this way of, like, choosing Rory and the path that Rory wants to take with this, um, which I feel like is another conversation in itself of, like, what was the right thing to do there? Yeah. Is that the person that comes to her is Richard, who is, like you were right because he sees Rory when she's up on that stage at the DAR event and he's like after he's had the conversation with Mitchum which is like horrible in itself that she had to hear it from Mitchum himself and didn't trust Rory I mean didn't trust Lorelai that what she had said was true yeah but he's the one that shows up at her house with the dollhouse yep. that Emily's going to get rid of, knowing what it means to her. But also is kind of like, this is his only icebreaker in the situation of like, I'm going to show up at the dollhouse and we have to talk about Rory. Yeah. And she and Lorelai's like, we have nothing to talk about. I said everything I needed to say. 
Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Cause she does sort of look at him and go like, I told you, I told you this was going to happen and you didn't listen to me. And so this is where we're at. You fix it. I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. And he's upset by it. He's really upset by the fact that she won't entertain this idea that he has of like, they need to get Rory back to Yale, drag her there, bribe her. And Lorelai's like, no, I tried to, we, we tried to do this already. Like, why do you think that you can just show up and do that? Yeah. And I think it's, that's kind of where Richard has always felt like he can, you know, like step in when he needs to. Oh, he's always the buffer between them. I mean, think about what happened after Wedding Bell Blues. She did not blame her father at all. She blamed Emily. Yeah. So he is always the buffer. He is always the person who's looking at Emily and going, okay, listen, we know that she's made mistakes. He's sort of the one to always like reel it back in. Yeah. Because she's the fire at the inn. Yep. And he shows up and Emily's like, you saw her? Yep. What did she look like? She's cutting the flowers and she's so pissed. (laughs) Yeah. Because again, her relationship with Lorelai matters. And that's that's a conversation for a different episode. But Richard is really the buffer. And Richard's character plays way more of a pivotal role in Rory's life, I think, than meets the eye as far as a father figure. When it comes to, and I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning of this conversation or if I mentioned this in a conversation that we had outside of this, when it comes to women, I think the trope is always that we date men that are like our fathers. Mm. And so for those reasons, sort of bringing it back to Christopher, as we've talked about, and especially because of, I think oftentimes there's this trope that women tend to gravitate towards and date men that are like their fathers. Right. And so in many ways, I feel like people love to compare Logan and Christopher, especially because of the conversation that Rory has at the end of the revival with Christopher, which is a very interesting way to sort of bring this all home, because that's kind of the tying it up in a bow, so to speak, on the relationship between Rory and Christopher. I think that 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 like parallel between Rory and Chris and Chris being like Logan kind of starts in Wedding Bell Blues when he's having that conversation with her and I think that Chris brings up did I ever tell you about the first time that I kissed your mother that your mother kissed me that we ever kissed yeah Yeah. and she says that she just wanted to know what it would be like and he had never met someone before who just kissed someone because they wanted to know what it would be like and that's how she kisses Logan is the same exact way that her mom kissed her dad and so I think that that really kicks it off from that moment that he's a lot like him of course and is really tied together in this moment that you're saying which is in the fall episode when she goes to talk to Chris about seemingly if he had any regrets about the fact that he was not really a very present father figure to her and a lot of that is because the father of her baby yeah is logan i mean like is let, logan. let's just put that <laughs> out there because i don't know why there's any discrepancies it's not the wookie it's not the wookie it is not i've made so many tiktoks about this because some someone asked me about this at least once a week and i wish i could just auto reply I don't know why anybody thinks any differently, especially because it's sort of spelled out for us in that conversation. She goes and talks to her dad about being an absent father figure. And especially because people love to parallel Logan and Christopher. That's like we're sort of led to water by the writers in that regard, right? It makes sense. And Amy Sherman Palladino has said before that Logan came on as like a figure that of like Rory's dating someone who's like her father, mm-hmm. who comes from this very wealthy background, who's kind of, um, who's really charming and has a lot of chemistry with her in the same way that Lorelai and Chris have a lot of chemistry. He's kind of reckless. He, like there's that scene when Chris comes to uh, uh, Yale. Yep. It's um right after it's You've Been yeah. Gilmore. And that's when 
Rory's moved in with Logan and he comes in and he has this conversation with Logan. Yeah. About getting kicked out of all these schools. Yep. And he says, I didn't think anyone got kicked out of Rivers. And he says, Dean Eldon's Miata in the bottom of Lake Rutherford proved just the ticket. And he says, Rory, you've got a good man here. And she said, interesting yardstick you're using, yep. which is just crazy that he's being so won over by her boyfriend, by the fact that he's been kicked out of every school he attended. And it's just, it's like, that's really the moment when you are like, you see, because I like denied it a lot in the beginning. I was like, they are nothing alike. Christopher is not Logan. No, they are very similar. They are, they very, are similar. very similar. And I think they're meant to be. Even to the fact that in Christopher Returns, he crashed that car and Lorelai was right next to him I feel like that's kind of like the boat in some ways Mm -hmm. of like they're just like very reckless and yeah it just makes a lot of sense and I mean there's a lot to be said about Chris and Logan and how they connect but I think at the end of the day it's because she is dating someone who is a lot like her father Mm -hmm. I but I don't think that it ends there of course and I think that this also speaks to your point we've had a lot of conversations outside of this podcast about parallel well you've had a lot of conversations about parallels because (laughs) that is your entire TikTok platform that's what I do that is what she does but one of the things that I I think we've really heavily touched on and something that I know I don't want to say gets you frustrated but something that you have gripes with oh it does it gets me very frustrated. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad that I can I can speak to that. But it's that, you know, we all love to talk about how Amy Sherman Palladino creates full circle moments. And it was her intention with the revival to create full circle moments. But people love to take this last moment with Christopher and Rory and completely take it as a full circle moment to Logan is the father Jess is going to be her Luke because of that look through the window and that's we're just starting the story all over again right and that's something that I know really grinds your gears it really does because I think one of the worst things that Amy Sherman Palantino did was try to explain the story and say like oh we're having a full circle moment because like I think that people take it too far because Mm. with a full circle moment it does not mean that every single part of it is full circle it has to be the same right we have more to say on the last four words in general I don't think that that's a very good full circle moment in my opinion but I don't think that every single relationship comes back I don't think that everything every single relationship that Lorelai has is every single relationship that Rory has in the same way that people think like Jess is Luke Chris is Logan Logan, yeah Tristan is Max or Jason whoever you want to like fill Mm -hmm. that in with and like I just don't think that that's how the show was written but people take it so literally that everything has to come full circle because anything came full circle and it's just it's so frustrating to watch because I think the thing that we've said like throughout this whole episode is that the way that your parents are really impact the way that you are as a partner mm-hmm. and like that conversation that uh, Chris and Rory have is so frustrating because basically what he says to her in writing this book that he's telling her about he says don't make me to be too much of a villain Mm -hmm. because he's really admitting to her that he knows that he didn't show up for her he knows it and he's kind of okay with it is what he says because he's like you it's you and your mom because she she's talking about do you regret it and when she says that she's pregnant it's seemingly when you go back and watch it that she's having this conversation like like the subtext of it is should I tell Logan that I'm having a baby? Mm-hmm. Should I do this by myself? Mm-hmm. Did you regret not being there? Would I Would I be the Anna Nardini of Logan Huntsberger's life to not tell him about this baby? Yeah. Or am I going to give this child that I'm now having 
more of like a present parents that Lorelai had with Richard and Emily? Or Mm -hmm. am I going to make him be you, which is the full circle moment of it, which is the father of like my father is going to be the same exact as the father of my child will be to my child. Yeah. And and that in and of itself is a full circle moment. It doesn't have to accompany, yeah. and I say this as a team Jess Stan, it doesn't have to accompany the underlying, you know, is Jess her Luke? Is she going to have a Luke? Or are she and Logan, you know, going to end up together? But one of yeah. my favorite parallels that you've made, which I think would also make this a beautiful full circle moment, right. is the TikTok that you did that I think really was like your first TikTok that deeply exploded. Yeah, I literally got 30,000 followers the week after this TikTok was posted. It was so good and it made me think about so many things because you posed this very interesting parallel about people liking that rich preppy guy from Yale and we're all expecting to see Logan's face pop up and who pops up but Richard and we all went yep. What? Because that <laughs> what, like those two characters are so incredibly parallel. And to take it back to father figures and the trope that women tend to gravitate towards men in their lives who resemble their fathers, as Richard was a pretty prominent father figure in at least her adult life, it is no surprise that Logan is the person that she gravitates towards because as much as Logan is like Christopher, Logan is a lot like Richard. And we have more to say on that next episode. So make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on now because we will be coming out with an episode at least every Tuesday as we always have more to say. And if you have more to say, find us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast where there'll also be more to see. Do-do-do.